This podcast is sponsored by Canaccord Genuity Wealth Management, award-winning wealth managers who go above and beyond to support and guide you. Visit candowealth.com to start building your wealth with confidence. Hello and welcome to Coffeehouse Shops, the Spectator's Daily Politics Podcast. I'm Isabel Hardman and this is the Sunday Roundup. Sir Keir Starmer was back on the BBC this morning to be interviewed once again by Sophie Rayworth. The Labour Party is calling for an emergency budget in order to help ease pressure on the cost of living. However, Sophie Rayworth pulled Starmer up on why, when presented with opportunities to challenge the government on rising prices, he was still relying on the Partygate scandal to hammer away at the Prime Minister's authority. Why did you spend all of last week talking about lockdown parties and uh, the, the fine that the Prime Minister has been received? Because the Prime Minister got a fine. We only had a statement on Tuesday in the House of Commons from the Prime Minister because he received a fine. Um, I didn't um, initiate that statement. I was glad he made it. Um, but I want to talk about the cost of living crisis because I think um, the situation is... Uh, I, I've, I've spoken just in the last week or two to... A pensioner with mobility problems who told me that she daren't even put the central heating on anymore. She's so worried about the bills. And the government's response has been utterly woeful. They did nothing in the spring statement but if for want, millions if, of people. If you want to They're talk now about increasing that... tax uh, on them. I think we need an emergency budget. But and why, I'm calling why on the didn't government you talk for an emergency about budget. That last week? I mean, that's why I'm asking, because last week, it was Tuesday, you talked about the Prime Minister about parties. Prime Minister's questions. You had the chance to talk to him again. It was all about parties. Thursday, you were up in Parliament again. It was all about parties. Why are you not talking about that? Why are you focusing relentlessly on parties? Well, I want to talk about the cost of living, and I'm very happy to talk about the cost of living. Well, as I say, why were we in Parliament on Tuesday um, with the Prime Minister? Because he got a a, a crime. Uh, He got a a fine. Um, I do want to concentrate on the cost of living, but if, if you or anybody else think that I'm not bothered by standards in public life, that it doesn't matter that the Prime Minister has broken the laws that he made, that it doesn't matter that his authority to lead the country is shot through, that it doesn't matter that his own MPs now, uh, as we saw on Thursday, don't really want to defend him because they're sick of defending the indefensible, then I'm sorry, I'm not going to shy away from that. But, yeah, this morning, what we're calling for is an emergency budget... During Starmer's last appearance with Rayworth, she brought up a photo of him drinking beer in an MP's constituency office during the 2021 Hartlepool by-election campaign. She asked Starmer if his behaviour was comparable to that of the Chancellor Rishi Sunak, who has just received his own Partygate fine. But I'm just, just, I'm just watch, asking you think. about the comparison between the Chancellor and the fine that he got and the time when you were in Durham, you were drinking beer. It was during the local elections. You stopped, you were working briefly, you had food and beer with colleagues, which actually, under the law at the time, wasn't really permitted. And I'm just wondering whether it is... You feel lucky well, that you on, didn't get on, a Sophie, fine. Hang on, Sophie. I don't accept that. I think last time I was on your programme, or the one before, you put the same question to me seven no, no, times absolutely. on this. So we did I it pretty extensively. Not about seven, but yes. Well, whatever. The police looked into it. Uh, that's the end of it. I've got nothing to add. The, the, there's no equivalence. There's no, no way of suggesting that 50 fines in Downing Street, the Prime Minister I'm just talking one specific one for the Chancellor, been, not 50. They have been anyway. found to have broken the law, the criminal law at that. No other Prime Minister in the history of our country has ever been found to have broken the law in office before. Um, And I don't think we can just pass over it. It also means that he's coming to the House of Commons to make statements 
um, about Partygate when he should be coming to make statements about the cost of living. Earlier this week, Starmer's predecessor Jeremy Corbyn gave an interview to John Pienaar of Times Radio, where Corbyn reiterated his distrust of military alliances such as NATO. Rayworth inquired whether, in the light of the war in Ukraine, Corbyn was ever likely to be readmitted to the Labour whip. Can I ask you about Jeremy Corbyn? He, was, uh, he did an interview uh, this week. Uh, while he was Labour leader, he said NATO should reduce its presence along Russia's borders. He said that he couldn't say if he could, he would come to the aid of a NATO ally if it was attacked by President Putin. What does it say about your judgment that you, you campaigned to make him leader for him to become the next Prime yeah. Minister? Well, the first thing I'd say is um, the position of Jeremy Corbyn on NATO and my position are very, very different. I went to Brussels just the other week to see the Secretary General of NATO to talk about the situation in Ukraine and to make absolutely clear the Labour Party's unshakable support for NATO. Uh, Labour uh, was, of course, Ernest Bevin, the uh, Labour Minister, was the um, politician who signed the treaty for NATO on behalf of the United Kingdom. So um, I've been very, very clear where the Labour Party under my as leadership has, stands. As has Jeremy Corbyn when on Jeremy his attitude Corbyn, to NATO. When Jeremy Corbyn was leader of the Labour Party, we maintained a pro-NATO position, not least because of those of us in the party arguing for that position. So the Labour Party position never changed on NATO. It's been a very important part uh, of our defence and our security for many, many years. We were there at the start when NATO was set up you, and we are ve there very strongly now. Given, given his support. views now, do you look back and think that you were wrong to campaign for him in the way that you did? I think I was um, right to argue through those years and in the two years or so that I've been leader about the importance of NATO. I'm talking about him. Well, um, we as a party never shifted our position on NATO. Um, but and that's wrong because to campaign for him, given the views that he held? Well, the Labour Party position at the last election was pro-NATO, as it was the, the election before and the election before that. And I don't think I could myself be clearer than I have been about our support for NATO. Will he ever be a Labour MP again? Well, you know, it's very difficult to see how that situation can now be um, resolved. Um, he lost the whip because of his response to the Equality and Human Rights Commission in relation to anti-Semitism. I made it very clear. Um, first thing I said as Labour Party leader that I was going to tear out anti-Semitism by its roots in our party. I've also made it clear that um, our position in the Labour Party is not to accept the false equivalence uh, between, um, you know, Russian aggression and, and the acts of NATO. So that, that's basically a no. He will not be a Labour MP again. Well, I'm very clear on my positions on those two issues. Very, very clear. Sophie Ridge spoke to the Conservative Party co-chairman Oliver Dowden, asking him about the investigation of the House of Commons Privileges Committee into whether the Prime Minister misled Parliament. Boris Johnson faces an investigation now into whether he misled Parliament by saying no rules were broken over Partygate. If the Privileges Committee finds that the Prime Minister misled Parliament, should he resign? Well, I, I don't believe the Prime Minister misled Parliament. Uh, I think it's perfectly open to the Privileges Committee to conduct that investigation and, and Parliament consented to that happening. So I, I don't believe that scenario will arise. OK, but if it does find that he misled Parliament, and that's, I would say, you know, I'm sure you'll come back saying that's a hypothetical question, but the, the Privileges Committee is literally conducting an investigation into whether the Prime Minister misled Parliament over something he was fined for by the police. So I feel it's very legitimate. If they find he did mislead Parliament, should he resign? 
Well, I think the, the Prime Minister is doing a really important job, whether that's what you saw in uh, India this week in terms of agreeing the, the trade deal, continuing to tighten the pressure on the Ukraine. So I think there's a very, very strong case for the Prime Minister remaining in office. But even, as, even as, as you, but as you alluded to, Sophie, you would expect me to say that it is a hypothetical scenario. So I'm not going to, to get into to commentary on that. My focus, Cabinet's focus, the Prime Minister's focus and the government's focus is on things like the, the deal with Rwanda, which is going to help tackle uh, illegal boats crossing the channel. I get, it I is get on why. the plan for jobs, for keeping uh, unemployment down. And I, I just don't think it's, it's helpful to do this. We have had lots of investigations. We'll have another investigation. We'll deal with the consequence of it uh, when it arises. But really, my focus and our focus is on, on delivering, getting on with the job. I get why your focus is on getting on with the job, because let's be frank, it's a pretty difficult position that you are in right now, isn't it? Uh, sitting in the studio, in the words of your colleague, Conservative colleague, William Rag. You've been ordered to get out there and effectively defend the indefensible. Well, I, I don't think I'm, I'm defending the indefensible. I do think that uh, what happened in Downing Street was wrong. And I do think that people feel a great deal of legitimate hurt and anger over what happened. And therefore, I think it was right for the Prime Minister to apologise both on the day and come to Parliament in doing so. And I thought he explained the situation very well and did so with real sincerity. But equally, I've been spending the past three or four days travelling around the UK as part of the election campaign. And I have to say, the further you get away from London and Westminster, the more people are actually focused on saying, what can the government do for us? A story in today's Mail on Sunday has outraged supporters of Labour's deputy leader, Angela Rayner. Unnamed Conservatives have accused Rayner of using a basic instinct ploy in order to distract the Prime Minister while he has been standing at the dispatch box. Ridge asked Dowden for his response. Uh, Angela Rayner, of course, a deputy leader of the Labour Party. And the accusation here by the Mail on Sunday says that the Conservatives are accusing her of what they describe as a basic instinct ploy to distract Boris Johnson at Prime Minister's questions. It's pretty sexist, isn't it, looking at this? Well, I, I like the Mail on Sunday and I, I enjoy reading it, but I think this is a, a totally ludicrous story that I don't recognise in, in any way at all. So what would you say to any Conservatives who are accusing of her of basic instinct ploy when she's literally just sitting across from the Prime Minister, as far as I'm aware, at Prime Minister's question. Well, well as I say, I, I don't think I was in the chamber on the day that this happened, but it looks a completely uh, ludicrous story and I'd be pretty dismissive of it. And finally, Jamie Wallace, the Conservative MP for Bridgend, who recently revealed that he has gender dysphoria, told Ridge about his experience of being raped and the effects that he still carries with him. So, um, as I... As I said in my statement, you know, I met I met someone that I liked, and and you know things started off quite well actually, uh, and then uh, the, you know I I was not okay with um, not being uh, what I consider to be responsible and 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 practice um, safe safety in the bedroom, and so you know I I, I withdrew consent and um, and then there was and then you know um, he just decided that the the that he was going to do it anyway. Um, and I was powerless to stop him. And, and, and in that moment, a part of me died. And I've been trying to get it back ever since. Have you managed to? No. I'm really sorry. It's all right. I, I think what, what is truly frightening, actually, is after I said what I said, uh, there has been a shocking number of people get in touch with me 
to say that something similar has happened to them. And, um, and that, you know, has changed my whole thinking um, and, and has, has made, me be, made me become very concerned, actually, about the, the potential for this to be a much more pervasive issue than, than I think, you know, a lot of people currently think it is. That's all for this week. I'm Isabel Hardman and this podcast was produced by Matthew Taylor. Don't forget to subscribe to the Coffeehouse Shots podcast on the iTunes store. And if you enjoyed this podcast, do subscribe to our daily evening blend email. It's a free roundup of all the political news each day, along with analysis and a diary on what to expect next. Just go to spectator.co.uk forward slash blend. Thanks for listening and do join us again next week.